the 18, 40, 60 rule. Hmm. When you're 18, you worry about what everybody is thinking of you. When you're 40, you don't give a damn what anybody thinks about you. When you're 60, you realize nobody's been thinking about you at all. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And so I don't know if you know this, but I record my intros and my outros after uh, I I do my episode with my guests. Um, I don't know like what is going on because uh, today's guest, like I, I almost feel like I'm like, this is so weird, you guys. It's so weird, but I almost feel like I'm like crying a little bit because I just feel like, I don't know, somehow she was just the most incredible breath of fresh air. I just like, maybe it was like the episode that I even needed today because it was so inspiring in so many ways. Um, and so unexpected, I guess maybe. And I just think that everyone is going to love this episode so, so much. And it will touch you in such a way um, and might just be the thing that you need today. So here's the deal. We've got Jessamine Stanley on the podcast today, and she is on Instagram at my name is Jessamine, J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N. And so she is a yoga instructor. She's written two books, and she has been on this journey of not only finding self-acceptance for herself, but also really sharing that with her community, with people around her. Um, And, you know, she's got a rather large following. So, you know, really also with representation uh, in the yoga community and beyond. Um, But today's episode is just so much about existing. That's what I think it's about. It's about existing in your space. It's about existing in this present version of yourself. It's about existing in a future version of yourself. Um, It's about so much of what we talk about today is just genuinely about who we are at the most basic human nature level and how we kind of just conquer that and we um, really just navigate that, you know? Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into it. We talk in, you know, upfront a lot about, you know, yoga and that practice and the fitness industry and the fitness space. Um, but whether you are a fitness instructor or you go to fitness classes or you don't, or you work out or you don't, or whatever, what have you, um, I think there's really like a whole lot of relatability here, um, for anybody and everybody who's listening. So stick with, uh, this, this episode all the way to the end, because it was just such a breath of fresh air. and so. Um, I don't know, just really human and the beauty of existing. So let's get into it because I'm so excited to share it with you. So here we go. All right. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. Today, I have Jessamine Stanley on the podcast. And I am so freaking excited to have this conversation with you and just to chat with you and like get to know you better because I am so, so, so inspired by you. 
Oh my goodness. That's really generous. I'm like, <laughs> do you see the unfolded laundry in my, in my closet right now? Like, are we inspired by that? Like, I literally, I'm just honored to be here. Grateful, grateful to be alive, honored to be here. Great. Yeah. So, cause I, I'm, you know, I was reading through your media kit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen a media kit. I have a media kit, whatever. Right. And so like, I'm looking through and I'm looking through and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and then I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. And then I'm like, I look to the little, you know, over to the right where you see that tiny little bar. And then you notice the bars really, really small. And you notice the bars all the way at the top. And you feel like you've been, I was like, I've been scrolling for a long time. And then I realized like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, Whoa. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, it just keeps going and going and going. Like, and it's, I was just like, so I don't know, like moved and inspired because I was just like, you know, you, and we'll obviously I haven't even, we'll get into everything that you do, but like, you're so committed to what you do. And there's just so many like media outlets and people who are paying attention and <clears throat> a, that's got to feel great, but B, the level of reach that that has and how many people's lives you've inspired as well to just like love themselves, which is kind of, I think, what the basis of this episode will be. I was just like really moved. I was like, that's powerful. Oh my goodness. I, I feel really, honestly, um, I you know, I've had so much struggle with the public persona PR element of my work because... I mean, you're right. Like I am very committed to it and it really does arrive from a place of like, I just feel called to do this work. It is not what I plan to do. I pushed against it for a very long time. And so much of being a yoga teacher is like, it's about accepting all the different parts of yourself. And that's not being a yoga teacher. That's being a yoga, practicing yoga in general. And so one thing that I've like had to come to terms with is like my desire to be seen and to be witnessed by other people. And there's a part of me that's really critical of that and feels like you shouldn't, especially as a yoga person, you shouldn't need to be seen. Why do you need to be seen? And, um, I do think ultimately that the impact of visibility is so profound. Like if you just see someone who looks different than the norm, even if they don't look like you, even if you're not interested in anything that they're doing, like I know that there are people who are like, I'm not fat, black and queer. I don't care about yoga and you cannot make me care about yoga. And like, but if that person is still inspired to like live their best life and do whatever they want to do, then it feels like a place where I need to get over this fear of being seen. So I really appreciate what you're saying as an opportunity for me to uh, see the world bigger and brighter and to be more accepting of myself. So thank you. I appreciate that. And because um, it is, complex and layered. All this work that we do is so um, multifaceted. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so the, for those of you who don't know her, she is, yes, a yoga teacher. But beyond that, um, you have your own platform that you teach yoga on. Um, you've written two books. Uh, I mean, like your resume is is uh, pretty, pretty uh, heavy on all of the things that you've done also to give back to the community in the yoga world. But more than that, you know, really, I would say the basis and the foundation of your work is what? Self-love? Self-acceptance? Totally. Self-acceptance. And it really comes from like never having felt like I could accept myself. Like I grew up extremely self-conscious about the way that I look. Like I thought that the way that I look was fundamentally bad and wrong. And I was doing everything that I could think of to change it. And so, so much of my life has just been 
trying to accept myself exactly as I am. And what I've found through that process is that that work on myself can inspire other people to do the same thing. And then they inspire other people to do the same thing. And then it's this incredible ripple effect where we're all positively impacting one another. Yeah, it is that ripple effect. So I work in fitness as well. I teach at SoulCycle. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, I also like, you know, it's also, it's so multifaceted. There's so many layers to it. And, and the fitness space in general is like, it's a weird place. Um, (laughs) Like there's things that are epic about it and amazing, but it's also like, it, especially if you're the one at the front, if you're the one leading the yes. room, right? It's this weird juxtaposition of just like, love yourself, be yourself. And you want to share that with everyone who's in the room and everyone who's there and everyone who's receiving it. But then it's like, we grew up in such a time where like magazines said you had to have rip treaded abs. And, you know, you saw Jillian Michaels mm-hmm. on the biggest loser. And I'm like, Absolutely. I'm a fitness instructor and I don't have abs like that. Like mm-hmm. I just don't like, And so then there was a period of time in my fitness career where I was just like, well, shit, who's going to take me seriously if I don't have shredded ripped abs? And I've never had that. So like, you know what I mean? Like self-acceptance is like, just because your instructor is at the front and leading does not mean that we don't also struggle with that. I always, okay. So I have a theory that all like gym rats, like anyone who wants to be exercising a lot is like healing from something. There's no reason. Like, I feel like why else Mm. would you be like this obsessed with it? And like, it's always that we're like either former fat kids or current fat kids, or like uh, you're self-conscious about your nose, your childhood, your something like something is happening so that I feel like anytime that you feel really connected to a teacher and I can only imagine like at soul cycle where people are, that is like the most aptly named brand of all time because legit like people really their souls are bursting open in a way that like I think as a society we're taught is not supposed to happen and so being able to like have that kind of connection with another human being it's only because you're having it with yourself and like it's just so cool to me that like all of this exists together you know it's really really interesting yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um so how did you find yoga? Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about how because was your self acceptance journey born through yoga initially or you know I just want to know the backstory behind it. Totally. I think that it probably it was like a side along journey. So I when I was in college, I was really obsessed with like nutrition, wellness blogging. Like I was like, I want to get healthy. I want to get, I want to change my body. My friends and I did Weight Watchers a couple times together. Like there was, it was a period of like really deep fixation on what my body looks like. Ironically, around this same time, I started like on Tumblr following a lot of fat fashion bloggers. So it was people like Nicolette Mason, Gabby Gregg, uh, Nadia Abelosan, like people who like they were so like confident in themselves, confident in their fat bodies, like super sexy, very fashionable. And like, I just did not have community like that where I was living. And so to see people really 
living their best lives at whatever size was really inspirational for me in and of itself. Like, and it was happening at the same time that I was like, what does fitness look like for me? What is wellness, health, all of this stuff. So I started practicing yoga when I was in graduate school and it happened because a really good friend of mine was like obsessed with yoga at the time. She was specifically going to Bikram yoga classes. So if you've never practiced Bikram before, this doesn't mean anything. Bikram is a style of hot yoga that you practice in a room that's like 100 to 104 degrees. And you practice the same 26 postures two times in a 90 minute period. Not for me. So, so you're so like, oh my God, I've, okay. I have so much to say <laughs> just because I'm I like, hear I feel, it. no, just because like, I feel like if you're really into something that's like very endurance heavy, but if you like, okay, <laughs> let me gather my thoughts. I think it's really interesting when people who are really into one type of endurance sport are just like really not into another one or something. Cause I'm like, as a soul cycle person, I'm like, Oh my God, y'all are doing so much with your physical bodies. Oh my God. That like Bikram class, whatever you got this, but it is its own thing. It's totally whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So she was like, come to yoga with me. You're going to love it. And I had actually tried yoga once when I was in high school and just really, really hated it. So anytime that someone is like, I've tried yoga, it sucks. I don't know why you're obsessed with it. I'm like, I feel you completely because I used to feel the same way. Okay. So, hopefully in the course of this podcast, you can, you know, convert me because I hate it. Oh my I God. Can't, I can't get on board. I keep trying with yoga. I've, oh my God. I feel it's not you. a love hate relationship. It's a hate hate. We just don't like each other. I love that, frankly, and I I respect that, and I think I'd that like that to love it though. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're supposed to like it, you'll like it. But okay, let me let, let's keep going. Okay, we'll get so back to it. Yeah. I like. I went to this yoga class with her. And the only reason that I went is because like I got a Groupon and I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I'll go one time. That sounds like college me too. Exactly. <laughs> so I went and everything about it was awful. Like every part was really, really hard. The, every posture was hard. The room also, particularly in a Bikram class, just smells bad because there's carpeting and all this sweat is soaked into the carpeting and it's hot. So like no. just a really intense experience. And like, it felt like everyone in the room knew what they were doing and I did not. And in these classes, you're facing a mirror. So I'm just looking at myself the whole time. And like, I had been very self-conscious about looking at my own reflection, like to the point where there are whole years of my life where I only have a couple photos because I really didn't, I did not want to be seen. So to be just staring at myself was really challenging. And I remember like maybe, maybe a third of the way through this class, I was like, okay, I'm too fat. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And I was just staring at myself and I was like, you could just try even feeling all of those things. Like maybe everyone in the room is going to see that you don't know what you're doing and the teacher's going to know, and maybe you embarrass yourself, but you could just try. And that idea of you could just try was really groundbreaking for me, not even really because of the yoga class, but I didn't realize how many places in my life I tell myself, don't even try you can't do it. You're not good enough. Like why bother? And yoga became this place where I was able to practice saying yes 
and trying and just going for it. Even if I fall down, I'm just going to go for it. And it really shifted so much in my life. Like I was not immediately like really flexible or like it really, I wasn't like good at yoga, whatever that means. Cause I, I think everybody's good at yoga, but at the time it was just like, I don't really know why, but I'm going to keep doing this. And it gave me the confidence to leave graduate school and to move to a new town. And when I moved, like, <clears throat> I didn't have the money to practice in yoga studios. I was not, I was just like, I have to focus on finding a job and settling my life. And so for a short period of time, I stopped practicing yoga. And during that time, a bunch of stuff happened. And I've actually, my, so my first book, Everybody Yoga, um, I, in, in that book, I talk about this a little bit more, but like, it was just basically like the shit show that life can be. And I hope that you don't need to bleep that or I can say something else, but um, it just, my life was very chaotic. And um, most notably at that time, my aunt passed away and I was very surprised and shocked by her death and was really just trying to like find my way again. And I was like, what was making me feel good before yoga? Okay. I just got to find a way to do this at home. And I had my dad's old Pilates map and I was living in this like really tiny apartment with my partner. And I just would like push all the furniture out of this one corner and practice the postures from the Bikram sequence that I could remember and that I felt comfortable practicing by myself. And I started taking photos of my practice because I wanted to connect with other practitioners. And I started sharing them on social media because I wanted to find community that I did not have in my house. And, but I was really surprised when I started sharing my yoga practice, I didn't really have that many yoga people reaching out to me. It was mostly people being like, I didn't know that fat people could practice yoga. And I was just like, why do you think fat people can't practice yoga? Fat people do all kinds of things all the time. Like we obviously just have a huge visibility issue. And so that encouraged me to keep sharing my yoga practice. But I mean, I, I still don't really feel like I practice yoga because of like anything physical. It has incredible physical benefits for sure, but it always more so than like making any kind of change in my life, it's made me okay with the fact that change is a part of life. And that if I can just ride the waves and just go with it, I am happier overall. And yoga is just the place where I practice that. Yeah, I, I totally feel that because I think that's soul cycle is the place where I practice that for sure. I do not, when I go to soul cycle and I'm in the zone or I'm even when I'm teaching, it is never, the thought does not cross my mind that I am working out ever. Totally. Right. right. I'm like, if it's a workout where I'm like, I'm working out right now, I hate it. I don't want to do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, it's not for me. I don't want to do it. And that is always, I'm glad you can relate to that. Cause to me, I'm just like, it always feels like the strangest thing about me when it comes to being a fitness instructor. Cause like, I also like always will talk to people like, if I'm on my Instagram or something and I'm like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm like, oh, by the way, like, yes, I teach fitness. Like 90% of the time you will never catch me work out on vacation. I don't do that. But people automatically will think like, oh, she must be the kind of girl like gets up and goes to the gym on vacation. Nope. <laughs> no. uh -uh. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You're like, I'm on vacation. That's yes. what that's called. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just, you know, but I think I had seen something even in, I think it was when I was scrolling through your stuff, I, I um, don't use fitness to fix. 
Mm. And I was like, that really, really hit me because Mm. something I struggle with on a personal note is I like, I can go to classes and I like when someone tells me what to do or, you know, and I'll do it. You know, if I go to like one of those like Barry type classes, whatever it is, you know, just something like that. But I have never figured out how to go to the gym really by myself and enjoy that because I am constantly there to fix. I'm like, if I, if I do go, which I don't, but one day when I don't work out for a living, I need to face this version of myself. I need to figure out how to go somewhere else that isn't a spin class and find that same love and find it to be a place where I'm here for me because it feels good for me. And I'm not because the mirrors, they fuck me up too. Mm -hmm. I can't, if I see myself, I'm like, well, I'm not, especially in yoga. I'm like, well, damn, I can't even barely touch my toes. I'm not as flexible as that person. I can't do what that person can do. I can't do any, yeah, any of those things. And so I, uh, I spend the whole time feeling less than I spend the whole time picking myself apart. I'm also like a certified trainer, but I don't feel confident still in that space, uh, which is why I don't train people. Um, totally. And you know, yeah. And so I'll go to the gym and I'm just like, I just feel like shit the whole time. Oh my goodness. There's so much here. Okay. I don't want to get away from what I want to say, but I just have to know what is your sun sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scream in your ear. I just, I was curious. Wow. I love that. Oh my God. Do you know your moon or rising sign? I am double Sag, I think rising. Amazing. I don't know what that means. Do you know? Because you're a Sagittarius. Oh, I love that so much. Oh my God. Sagittarians, y'all are too busy living life and enjoying all that there is to give a fuck about astrology. Like to really like, yeah. but it's like, I feel like no, I love Sagittarius astrology, no, but that's I don't what- have it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> all right. No, I was just going to say like every Sagittarius that I love is like, no, I love astrology. Like it's so great. Tell me please. But then I feel like you have to, it's not, uh, I just love y'all so much. I love Sagittarians <laughs> deeply. Um, but I always feel like Sagittarians and Aquarians don't really care about astrology like that. But anyway. Um, What's yours, by the way? I'm a cancer. Okay. I'm a double cancer, deeply emotional, the memory keeper. Love okay. It. So my thing about going to the gym versus being in a class is like, first of all, everything you're saying resonates. But the thing that's really interesting to me is that I don't prefer classes in general. That is the great irony for me about being a teacher and really why like I love teaching online. You can practice yoga with me on the underbelly, which you can find on like literally any streaming service. And you can go to our website, theunderbelly.com. But I legit like, I don't, (laughs) I don't love like, live classes with lots of people. It's just a lot of energy. And now since the pandemic, I've really come to understand how important they are and how important like human connectivity is and like us supporting each other can make all the difference. So I think that me as a teacher before the pandemic was different than since then. But in general, I still like, I don't seek out a public class all the time. But the type of public class that I do seek out is a spin class because I love there's something about the music and like just like everybody. It's fucking hard, you know, so like everybody in there is like 
in it together in a way that is really easy for me to like understand. And I think that some other types of group classes, even yoga, for instance, I think can feel like more competitive in a way that spin really doesn't because it's just so like everybody. And although, I mean, there's always people who you're like, oh damn, so out the saddle the whole time. Cool. Yeah, no, I love that. Oh, got it. That's right. Yeah, it's great. But like, I feel like in general, everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, But I do this um, thing where I turn the volume all the way down to to zero. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Right after we do something really, really, really challenging. And I'll say, like, look around. You're not the only person out of breath. Like, that's it. Everybody's out of breath. You know, that sound too. everybody Uh being out of breath together. Oh, yes. And I love that, too, because I love to remind people. I'm like, hey, by the way, if you're out of breath, it doesn't mean you're out of shape. It means you're working hard. What Olympic athlete ever crossed any finish line and wasn't out of breath? What basketball player didn't get to the other side of the court and wasn't out of breath? Like you're supposed to be. It means you are alive. That's it. That is it that is the truth literally and also like okay. so don't feel bad when you get to the top of a flight of steps and you're out of breath because it's like hi i i teach like i it's work a- out for a living and i get to the top of the steps and i'm out of breath right. so is this something like, wrong with you I, i'm working this is what's happening i'm moving my body it happens yeah we shame so ourselves so much for being human and yeah. for just like having any level of uh invincibility or in any level of vincibility, I guess, whatever the opposite is. Yeah. But, um, I think something that for me, cause like I was never the fastest or the strong, most coordinated kid. Like I was softball team manager. I lived in the rugby house. I'm, I was what was called a rugger hugger. I was like always sleeping with rugby girls. Like I was always like sports adjacent, never like on the team. And so I had all of this mental baggage around like what my body is capable of doing in exercise. And something that has been really helpful for me in reclaiming exercise is just like thinking about being a child and that like, I am still a little kid. We all are little kids. And like, when you're a kid, you just move your body because it feels good. You're not thinking about like, "Mm, does my body look like, am I going to lose weight? Did my body, does my body look right? You're just like, I want to see if I can turn a cartwheel just cause like I want to run up the street just cause. And so when I go to the gym, I'm in that mindset. Like this is just like a big playground and I just get to like fuck around and have fun so that like my favorite times are to be there for like a couple hours and just do literally whatever. And it's fun to go with somebody. My father is probably my favorite person to go to the gym with. Cause he is like, he's just the best person. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I don't give him enough credit for being such a huge part of my fitness journey and life. But, um, anyway, so it's fun. I definitely think it's fun to go with somebody, but it's also fun to just like go by yourself and have fun. But it's hard because the judgment of other people or the perceived judgment of other people can be really distracting. So I feel you. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. I'm having so much fun chatting with you. I haven't even gotten totally. to like any of the questions. Oh, yeah, totally, like, totally, I, totally. Because I'm just like, this is so fun. Um, I adore you. Um, no, okay. Let's see what we got here. Um, hmm. What can people do? Mm-hmm to stop perpetuating negative fitness stereotypes. Oh, totally. Oh my goodness. I think the most important thing that any of us can do to dismantle or decolonize or to release any kind of systemic oppression is always just 
first see how we are personally contributing to those cycles. So like, I feel like if you are a studio owner, a teacher, a, a trainer, whatever, like really looking at yourself and thinking like, how am I contributing to an unsafe space? Like, what are the things that, and not thinking like, I'm a bad person for doing this. Like, accept your humanity. Say that like, you, you're working with your trauma, you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. But like, there are ways that we're all subconsciously encouraging a space that is not inclusive. And like, I think that it's really common for, especially like gyms and studios and teachers to say like, I want for things to change. Just tell me what the bandaid is so that I can fix the problem. But it's not something that can really be fixed with a bandaid. It's a disease that is rooted deep in your soul. And so being willing to look at the ways that you contribute to systemic racism, systemic um, fat phobia, um, white supremacy in the fitness space is so crucial. And thinking about the ways that we shame ourselves. I mean, like there's so many ways that individual teachers and instructors and trainers are personally shaming themselves and therefore make shameful spaces unintentionally because that's all that they know. Mm. So seeing that within yourself, I think is a really important first step. And then I think what ends up happening is that you want to try to make a space that is inclusive in the way that you need it to be what would make it better for me to be here and then mm -hmm. that i think is a helpful guiding point so that all of your movements are authentic and are really coming from a place of like trying to trying to be a part of the change and not like mastermind it from the outside but it's hard i mean i say all this and i think it's like okay cool so i did that already what's the next step that's the only step. It's like, there's yeah, a lot of different, yeah. In all the spaces that you're in. Exactly. But there are a lot of different ways that we're all um, contributing to this. And I mean, I think that like having hierarchical ideology around like who is doing a good job and who's doing a bad job, like um, looking for ways to make your equipment and your routines and all of your training programs as accessible as possible to literally anyone who might want to do them. Um, looking for ways to bring in new voices and, um, and broaden the table so that your, um, whatever programs you have in place are really reflecting the community that you're in. There's so many different things that can happen, but like it, it starts from looking within yourself. Yeah. I think that's great advice looking within and expanding it to all of the spaces that you are in. And also just the very simple task of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and realizing that I think, you know, I used to be the kind of person that let's just, since we're on the topic of fitness, really still, it's just like when I would go to other classes, like I would sign in at the front desk, I would go to my spot. I would do my workout. I would leave like, that's what I did. Yeah. I was not yeah. there to talk to people. I didn't realize that there was a whole space there. Like I didn't even like that didn't that didn't really ever occur to me. Like I was just in my own little bubble. It never really occurred to me until I really, you know, started working out at SoulCycle. And then it was a whole nother level when I started teaching there. But like recognizing like 
I don't know, to take your blinders off, like, mm-hmm. and don't be so closed off when you go to places and like, see like who, you know, cause you could turn one person could turn, you know, you could turn somebody's day around just by acknowledging that they're standing beside you. Literally. And I mean, I think that like going to different, especially if you're like a teacher, trainer, whatever, like going out to other classes and like being a student yourself and feeling that feeling of like, I've never been here before. I don't know what's going on. Like literally put yourself into other people's shoes. Like it is, I think it's really easy to be like, I've got it figured out. I know what I need to do. And it's like, we're all just, it's changing all the time and you can, there's always a new way to open yourself up. Always. Um, Fitness is an act of Mm self-love. And how do we use fitness to just really love ourselves more? I think it really requires an outlook shift because it can go either way really easily. Like you can use fitness to hate yourself just as easily as you can use it to love yourself. And so... I always feel like it's helpful to start from the question of how is this feeling for me or how do I feel as opposed to how do I look? Mm. I think that a lot of times when we're in a fitness space, we're so focused on the people around us and what they might think. And in the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz says, we cannot ever take anything personally about another human being because they're always thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's never about you. And I think that like, there's so, I, I cannot tell you the number of yoga classes, gyms where I have felt so uncomfortable and self-conscious. And it's because I was projecting onto somebody else what I thought they might think of me. When really they don't care about me, they're not paying attention. Maybe they did look over at me and think whatever they thought. It's not about me. It's about them. Even if they thought, wow, she's really ugly and fat and shouldn't be standing near me. That's because that's something that they believe. It's related to what's happening for them. So just noticing that, like when you're asking outside of yourself for confirmation, as opposed to looking within yourself for like, how do I feel? How is this feeling for me? Is this making me feel good? That's a really good jumping off point. And then I think from there, like once you're asking, how do I feel? Then you're really in this place of like trying to even understand what love is. Because I think that like, we really hallmark in Valentine's day as a concept, I think have really like confused us around what love is like the idea that love is romantic or that it's always happy or that it's like always sweet and it only happens in certain ways. But I feel like love is everything and that it's happening all the time and that we are in and of it, in and of ourselves love a hundred percent of the time. So that if you're checking in with how you feel, you're seeing that you're experiencing the love that is always there and always present. So that any act of fitness, any, any act of self-care whatsoever is an act of devotion toward that love and really like caring for it and nourishing it so that to, you know, go to the gym or to take a CrossFit class 
soul cycle, go swimming, whatever the thing it is that you like to do, that is a way of devoting your, it's scrubbing the temple floor of yourself, of your being. And like that is, it always feels good. It's always welcome. It then leads to other things because it's not about how can I change this? It's like, oh my God, how can I show honor to this? How can I be, how can I be of service to this vessel that our bodies are this incredible gift? Like to be able to even have one is like an incredible opportunity for learning and growth in this life. And it is it logical to take care of it. Like in that it's not, it's really pretty impersonal. Ultimately, it's like, you just got to take care of it, make sure it's working the best that it can be. And I think that when you can get into that place of like seeing that, seeing the act of service to the self, then it is easier to really let self-love lead as opposed to how can I change myself or how can I be different or I'm, there's let, something wrong with me. Let self-love lead. Mm-hmm. You, you're inspiring me to go try a yoga class. If I can just want to get in there and not look at myself or, yes. you know, like I love Y7 in the city because they don't have mirrors in oh the room. Oh my God. I love Y7 so yeah. much. Do they not have mirrors? Why do I think they have mirrors? Nope. I love Not Y7. a single mirror, which is amazing. And yeah. it's the reason, that's the only yoga I've ever fallen in love with that I was able to do that you I liked a lot. You know what's so funny is that I, when you said that you had this experience of like not noticing the open space um, in a studio and like being in community with people, I was mentally picturing this Y7 studio in New York. I don't remember where, but it's just like, uh, there's something about that space that made me think like, oh, it's really interesting studio space. Like there's an interesting way to communicate with people. And it literally was like where I cast you in my mind in this. So I'm just like, of course, I love how that all works together. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I found, and it also is about finding, you know, your journey to self-love, I think also, you know, if you find, you found it in the corner of your apartment by memorizing, you know, moves that you already knew. So it's not always about finding a great instructor, but if that is, if group fitness is your, um, thing that you think that you like, you know, it's like anything else. Like you've got to, you got to, you don't give up on the workout. Just, you might've had a really bad instructor or maybe you had a great instructor, but you didn't vibe with them. You didn't connect with them. And that's, wildly important to how you feel about the way you move your body when you're doing that class. So I say like, you know, try out a bunch of different instructors as well until you find one that makes like, you know, you feel good in the space, you know, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there's always teachers that really are going to make a difference. And, but something that's really interesting to me is like the teachers that I don't care for and the way that they really positively impact me. Like sometimes I'll go to a class and just not, I'll be like mad at the person. I'm like, I don't like the way that you're talking. Like something about this is annoying. And always there's something about that person that sticks with me. And it's not that there was anything wrong with them. It's that I, they were provoking me and pushing me in a way that I needed to be pushed. So that like, I feel like even the times whenever you're not vibing with a teacher or like that, it's not a space. Sometimes there's a lot to learn there too. Well, I, I'm already, I already know what I'm taking away from this is I'm going to go to a yoga class. I'm going to go this week. And when I want to quit, I'm going to say to myself, well, you could just try. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, that's the biggest thing that really hit me. I was like, oh man, yeah, I could say that. Well, you could just try. Literally. I could just try. So I wanted to come to this because you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. And I, I don't know if you've heard this before. I feel like maybe I heard it, but it came across it yesterday, actually randomly. Um, the 18, 40, 60 rule. When you're 18, you worry about what everybody is thinking of you. When you're 40, you don't give a damn what anybody thinks about you. When you're 60, you realize nobody's been thinking about you at all. Wow. Wow. Oh, I love that. Me too. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. That, wow. There is so much wisdom that comes with age. And I am looking forward. But see, there's some piece of that that's like, so cool. So you can know at however old you are now that no one's thinking about you at all. And I'm like, I'm going to have to remember that. I guess I just have to keep saying that. And then when I'm 60, it'll stick. And that sounds great. Exactly. Cause I was thinking that I I randomly came across it yesterday on the subway and I, and I did, I like, you know, you look at, you have those moments where you look up from your phone, you're like, Oh, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Like, yeah, that tracks for me when I was 18. Okay. That tracks and where I'm at right now that, yeah, that seems like it's been tracking for a couple of years now. And I'm like, okay, so that probably is, it, it exists because it's probably real. So maybe if I could just, yeah, try to copy paste that 60 year old version of me and try and, you know, tell her today, like, ain't nobody is thinking about you. Nobody <laughs> cares. Then just do the shit you want to do. And the thing is like, what we know for sure is like, people are going to talk, whether you do what you want to do, or you don't do what you want to do. So you might as well do what you want to do. This is a word. This is this is a sermon that you're offering. Literally, it's like, you know, really, somebody's going to not like it no matter what. And the more the louder that you do it, the more people can hear you. Somebody, a lot of somebody's are not going to like it. And Uh ultimately, I always think that if somebody doesn't like what you're doing, it's like the greatest compliment because it means that you're provoking them. You're pushing them. They are really it doesn't matter whether or not they like you because you've changed them. But ultimately, like everybody's somebody's going to judge and that if they're going to judge you, whether, even if you don't do anything, might as well do something. Might as well. Might as well do something. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we got here? What do we got? <laughs> I let's see. Um, Oh, I have all these other, I have so many questions. Um, I think you're big on manifestation as well. We'll talk about that. And then, and then I'll, I will we'll ask you one more question after that, but what are the keys to manifestation? And I also would love to know what you think about vision boards, how you feel about them. Oh, my goodness. So to me, manifestation is belief that something already exists. Ultimately, it's saying that this is something that is, will be, and you just start living your life as though it is because it is. And it doesn't mean that you immediately manifest whatever the thing is. And sometimes you manifest a bunch of shit on the way that you were not planning. That was not the plan. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But it's always leading to what is true. And so, but it's like, you have to believe it so deep inside and it has to be in spite of whether or not anyone else believes it. And it's very much like, 
like hearkening back to childhood and like when, like, how can you expand your imagination? And some of us have our imagination shut off in childhood. Like it's seen as scary by the people that we're close to and they're frightened and they don't want to encourage it, but anything that's scary is powerful. So it's, and we all have that part of ourselves that is like un it's beyond words. It's beyond what can be comprehended on this plane. And so just like really stepping in that and standing in that and understanding that we're all the, like that you're the master of your own destiny, even though like, you know, life is, there's all kinds of shit happening that you cannot plan for. And there's nothing, it's not like you can plan your life, but being able to say like, this is who I am. This is what I want even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else is really, I think to me, the key to manifestation. And I think the vision boarding is a really big part of that because being able to see physically see what it is that you want is really helpful in being able to manifest it into existence. And like, I think everybody has their own approach to vision boarding and like what that looks like. Some people it's like collaging all sorts of things together and like, and like snippets from this thing or that thing. And then it's like, now I can see it. But sometimes I think vision boarding is just like notes to yourself, written notes, written from a past self to your future self Mm -hmm. so that you know who you, you can just see it more clearly. But, um, I, cause I think that sometimes like if you can't see it, it seems like it's impossible. And this is part of the reason that I think visibility is so crucial is that if you can see something, then you have proof that it can exist. So it's really just like what works the best for you. But like, yeah, I think that manifesting has been a huge part of my life, of my my entire, it is my whole life. But I think that certainly like, I mean, just a, a tangible example is that when I was like 20, I must've been like 26. I did a vision board for school that I said on it, I want to write my first book by the time I'm 30. I had no idea how that was going to happen. I did not have a plan for how I was going to like write a book. I didn't know what it would be about, for instance, but literally everybody yoga came out like two months before my 30th birthday. And I do believe that it was because I said what I wanted, even though I did not understand how it was going to happen. I started living my life in accordance with that. And then it happened. Mm. Wow. So I have not been a big vision board person. I write stuff down. Ooh, tell me. Yes. That same. I don't I feel like it's the same, you know? Yeah, but, I please, guess. Yeah. But it was something corny about a vision board for me. And I was oh just God, like, totally. oh yeah, yeah, whatever. So I did one for the first time. I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna do corny. I'm here for corny this year. Yes. Yes. I was like, I don't care that it's corny. I've, I've talked so much shit about vision boards and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna just do it. I'm just gonna see what happens and we gonna see, but some things are taking shape right now in a way that I was like, hold on. Cause I put that photo up there and then that's yes. kind of weird because I don't know, we're going to see, but I don't know. That just, is amazing. First yeah. of all, deep respect for feeling like vision boards are corny because I feel like even just accepting something like that, like that was my whole thing with yoga is that I was like, 
this is stupid. Like, I just think this is it. First of all, it's kind of boring. And like, I just don't care. And just accepting all of that was so that now I'm like fucking flaky. I have crystals all over the place, plants 100% of the time. I'm always saying something like really esoteric. I'm just like, huh? How did this happen? (laughs) Anyway, so I feel you about that. (laughs) Yeah. So do the thing in your life, if you're listening, that you think Mm -hmm. is kind of, you've always thought it's kind of corny. Maybe just do it. Maybe yep, just lean in. It. Maybe just Literally. see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, okay. So one more question for you, which is, what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh my goodness! The advice that I would give my younger self is, don't sweat it. You're really pressed right now. Whatever it is that you're pressed about, don't sweat it. Like you think it matters, it doesn't. You think this person that you're in love with, whether or not they love you, you think that matters. It doesn't. You are worried about school. You think that you're going to get a bad grade. It's going to be the end of your life. It's not. It doesn't matter. You're fine. And what you can do that does matter is enjoy your life right now because you're never going to be this age ever again. You're never going to look like this ever again. And you can just love it right now so much, so big. And then later when you're doing something else, you'll be able to love that too. Amen. Great advice. I love that so much. Um, well, thank you so much for being oh on. I just loved this so much. You're amazing. Hey, Victoria, you are such a treat. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap on today's episode. Um, I really met what I said when I said that there's like that piece I'm going to take with me, right? Which is, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. Because I thought of me, it took me to that place of me in a yoga class and all the times I've tried yoga that I just really don't like it. And I really feel like the entire time, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like, I just like would rather just quit or whatever. Um, And to say to myself, well, let's just try. Because immediately I started thinking of like everything else in life that like we do that's hard. And then thinking to yourself, like, well, let's apply it to everything. I'm just going to try. Well, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. And just imagine what could come from just trying because her platform is, you know, I know what she's got uh, like 500,000 on, um, on Instagram. I'm assuming she's probably on TikTok. TikTok. I know she's got her platform where she, you know, teaches yoga. So let's just, I'm going to just throw it out there. She's probably got at least a a reach of what, like a million people. So because she said one day to herself, I'm just going to try, look what happened. And no, I am not saying that it's about the level of reach that you have or the number of followers you gain from saying, I'm just going to try. But maybe if you say to yourself, I'm just going to try, you might accidentally heal some things from the inside out that you didn't even know that you needed to heal. You might accidentally start a new company. You might accidentally learn a new skill. You might accidentally fall in love with a new practice. Just by embracing the I'm just gonna try attitude. So that's what I got for you today. I hope you love this episode as much as I did. My name is Victoria Brown. Please follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown. Uh, follow our podcast handle at Very Best Self. Follow Jessamine. Uh, she is at my name is Jessamine on Instagram. Um, and that's it. So 
Uh, please subscribe to the pod. Leave us five stars. Uh, write a review if you have the chance. And also, 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 if you want to take it a step further, listen, this show grows when people talk about it. So tell your best friend about it. Tell someone you love about it. Share it on Instagram, in stories, and tag me, tag us. Um, that's how it grows. So I appreciate you, and I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.